Hello and welcome to Idle Chat with the Wait What Podcast. Drinks up. How are we doing? Drinks up. <laughs> How are we all doing? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you uh, if you listen to our main episode, you know why it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Just we can make it if we try. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, um, we might as well let you know that um, there is no Liam this week. Um, he is he is currently currently ill. Um, so it's just going to be the wait what duo this yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. So you know we got prepared. I've got some. I've got some beers. Mitchell's got a beer as well. So yes. you know, yep. let's put this shit show on the road and see what we're going to chat about idly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we could do something um, along the lines of because you're a big wrestling fan. I know Shane Liam can't be here, but oh well, he's lost. Um, <laughs> I thought we'd do. Uh, wrestling promos slash burns i've come okay. up with i've come up with 10 all i'm all i'm gonna do is say say what was said and you have to tell me who said it and who was it about or who it was to and if okay. you want to elaborate on why it was said or anything like that feel free yeah i mean we'll see i mean i could it could go very well like it did with the um episode we did with richie from the super media bros well, I was just completely useless at getting uh, mu- uh, wrestling music intros and uh, and the lyrics as well. Um, I think but, these are know. pretty basic and easy to understand. I, ho- I should hope so. <laughs> I should hope so. I would say this is going to be a very bad episode. But, you know, <laughs> the bar is already set low, so let's, let's see what we can do. Yeah. I've still got I've, I've got my beer. Let's get Bottoms going. Bottoms up. Bottoms up. Right, so the first one. Just two words. Yep. Please retire. <laughs> Is that was that a burn from a wrestler? That sounds like that sounds yes. like a burn from a crowd. It sounds like the WWE crowd chanting it at Big Show. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's what it was. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, then yeah, the uh, the Big Show. Oh, what was this about twenty? Let's say twenty fourteen, fifteen. I think about twenty fifteen. Yeah. Because. Um, because around Royal Rumble time, this is when, like, I remember it being the most um, heat. Well, I say heat, most go away kind of heat uh, against uh, Big Show and Kane as well, who was another uh, WWE mainstay that had been around with the company for a long time. Uh, the Royal Rumble of that year, they were just taking out all the crowd favorites. <laughs> they were taking out uh, Dolph Ziggler. I think they took out. Um, I think they took out Kofi Kingston as well. Um, they took out basically a, a large. It was a, a large section of like Big Show punch, and then him and Kane just picking up wrestler, pulling them over the I top. I think I and... remember that wrestle uh, Royal Rumble because yeah, they actually the... cleared the ring very quickly. Yeah, I mean, WWE have a weird thing about Royal Rumbles where, um, you know, I've always said that the best match of WWE put on is the Royal Rumble because even a bad Rumble is good. Yeah. Well, this kind of pushes the boundary of like being a bad rumble kind of thing because <laughs> 2015 and 2014 as well, the crowd really wanted um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, uh, to win. Um, but yeah, the WWE weren't going to push him. So, um, so yeah, um, so because of stuff like that and uh, the Big Show just being around all the time, turning heel, turning he face. He was heel at the point, weren't he? He was heel at that point, and yeah, the crowd were chanting, "Please, please retire at him." And um, he eventually would, um, and now he's with AEW. 
Not before he made his TV show. No, he made the Big Show show. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's okay. Mick Foley's in it. He's one of my favourites. <laughs> yeah. A brief cameo. He's not in it all the time. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, all right, I got the first one right. Told you, I, told you I, it was going to be relatively easy. I will drink when I get one right. <laughs> okay. The next one, a bit longer. I'm going to, t- I'm going to take care of you. Ter- I'm going to take care of that smelly, nasty animal, and I'm not going to, um, and I'm going to get to you too, Rhino. <laughs> I know that one. I know <laughs> that one. Oh my god! I can't believe I know that one. That is such a fun- yeah. Um, this was 20, 2001 era um, invasion with uh, Chris Jericho and Rhino. And um, basically, it was Chris Jericho against Stephanie McMahon is what the actual kind of feud was. Yeah. But Rhino was like the person that was representing the uh, the alliance at the time who were involved in the invasion angle, who were WCW and ECW. And yeah, uh, Chris Jericho basically goes, I'm going to take care of that smelly, <laughs> that smelly animal and I'll get you too, Rhino. Because <laughs> obviously <laughs> Stephanie McMahon is in there as well. Yeah. yeah. Chris Jericho back then was was classic. I mean, it, it, the things he would say about Stephanie McMahon definitely wouldn't fly today. He no. was, uh, he, he was very, um, I guess, He's very right. good on the mic. He's oh, fantastic! But back then, you would what we would class now as slut shaming is what it yeah. was. Yeah, and it's not even, and it's not even fair because Stephanie McMahon, like, I, I don't know anything about her personally or anything like that. But from what it seems like, she's only been with Triple H all her life. So you know, she's hardly hardly a slut. Yeah. But yeah, back back then her character was someone that was seen as like that way. She had had a, a boob job as as well. And that's what Chris Jericho also said that she was the breast. I mean the best. So <laughs> he was safe it and uh, she was a smelly trash bag hoe. They would go along the whole line of it and yeah, he had a lot of fun with it. And it helped to get him over to the crowd yeah. as well. So you know, no harm done. Alright, got another one right. Sweet. Oh, drink. <laughs> Ah, very nice. This one's an earlier one. Okay. What would your father think? Oh, what would your father think? Hmm. Um, that's a tough one. I am gonna guess. I I don't know who said it, but I'm, I, if I can guess that it's about gold dust. No. Oh, okay. I thought it was down the line of... Uh... If I tell you who they are, you'll probably understand what it was. Yeah, go on. Paul Heyman to Vince. Oh, oh, this is... This, you said this is earlier. It's around the same time, yeah. it sounds like. Yeah, it's around 2001. Oh, one of the best shoot promos ever. He, he, went, he went in at Vince on this one. He kept asking Vince before going on, like, do you want to hear what I'm going to say? He was like, nope, well, surprise yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, and what Paul Heyman does, who again, another master of the microphone, um, he goes a lot. Basically, they say he shoots on Vince McMahon, and he kind of does because, as you said, he um, he didn't tell Vince what he was going to say, but he, Vince knew he was going to say something around yeah. these times. And yeah, basically, Paul Heyman talks about how Vince killed basically the wrestling territories to have his own kind of uh, a wrestling empire. And yeah, what would his what would his father think of? Because uh, Vince McMahon Senior was obviously someone that wanted to keep like you know keep it as a territory system, where he was in charge of Andre the Giant and pressing him out to different territories and everything like that. That's a 
that's another story. Well, the beer's yeah. kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Paul Heyman, master of the microphone. And, uh, and yeah, I, the thing about that is that he turns around. I, I remember the end of that promo because he's, he talks about Taz. Yeah. Taz is obviously like a massive uh, star in ECW uh, with Paul Heyman. And he goes, you take someone like Taz from ECW and you, who was like a who was a wrestling machine, and you took turned him into a two bit commentator, and yeah, Taz obviously takes exception to that. He stands up from his commentary t- table and then proceeds to go into the ring and choke uh, uh, Paul Heyman out with the Taz mission, which then brings about the end of the segment. But um, yeah, the the whole promos itself you can see it on w, on YouTube, I'm sure. Paul Heyman shoots on uh, Vince Man. It's a work of art. Paul he Heyman. does it many times, though, doesn't he? Oh, Paul, Paul Heyman's shooting, yeah. I mean, he, he had a good one at uh, ECW One Night Stand. It might come up uh, in this list, so I won't say it yet. Yeah. But um, but yeah, Paul Heyman is a uh, is a great is a great man on the mic. So yes. I didn't get that right, but I'm going to take a drink anyway. Take a drink anyway. Wrong. Yeah, I got it wrong. So I'll take oh, you understood where it was. I know the story. Yeah. Right, the next one. It's called a promo, kid. If you want to be <laughs> with the big dog, you're going to have to learn how to do it. So go ahead. This was great. Yeah, um, this is more recent. I think it's 2017 No Mercy um, with uh, Cena to John Cena to Roman Reigns. Yeah. Back when Roman Reigns was his babyface character, because right now he is the Uwu champion. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Liam's not here. He can't get angry. <laughs> He's the uh, he, um, back then he was just a babyface that was struggling to get over and the crowd were really on Roman Reigns, like booing him, uh, giving him this the opposite just after reaction. Shield, wasn't it? Yes, uh, well, it was quite a while after Shield, I think. It was like uh, three years, two, three years after. Um, and yeah, uh, basically, uh, they're building up to a match between Cena and Reigns at this, like, speed, like not, a, not a major pay-per-view like a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam or anything like that. It's no mercy. And um, they're having a promo back and forth um, on Raw. And somewhere along the way, Roman Reigns either just, like, doesn't doesn't know what to say, loses his way, doesn't say something confident enough, and John Cena, in a act of a, a, like seems to be unscripted behavior, says that line. Yeah, it's a promo, kid. You, if you want to be the big dog, you're gonna to have to learn how to how to cut him. Yeah. And um, and, and yeah. To be fair to Roman Reigns, he definitely can cut a promo now. There's no yeah. uh, there's no doubt about that. Everyone loves him now. John Cena as a, as a bad Reigns. guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say so. And like. The thing about John Cena, he came back recently on Raw. Yeah. He had a 20, it was his 20th anniversary. Everyone loves John Cena now. And too right, because even though like he got the hate and stuff like that, John Cena is a magnificent human being. <laughs> he does all the make-a-wish stuff. He's always wrestling. He's the one who's hard working individuals. Record, uh, Guinness World Record for that, hasn't he? Yes, he's got the world record for make-a-wishes. He's, he was he flew to the Netherlands to meet a kid from the Ukraine. Yeah, because his mum, because the Ukrainian kid's mum, told him that they were leaving their home to see John Cena, yeah. and John Cena heard about that story and took some time out of his ridiculously busy schedule to get some gear from WWE, fly over to the Holland, meet the kids, take some pictures with the kid, and like give him his like, wishes and merchandise and all that good stuff. And yeah, I mean, the man is is. Like incredibly generous, and uh, so you never hear anything about him doing anything bad or like to be shady. Think, I mean, do you think crazy. Hollywood has made him better? I would say that 
as a I would say as a bigger, the, uh, bigger a bigger star outside 100%. of WWE. 100%. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I would say that it was inevitably going to happen that John Cena was going to follow the Rock in like kind of a Hollywood acting career. And he's yeah. really good at it because uh, he's a really good actor. I've seen him in the new Justice League when he plays the Peacemaker character. I know Liam has watched Peacemaker. We probably get to talk about it at some point. But um, the the man is like, as I say, a Hall of Fame, as they say, a Hall of Fame human being. And yeah, this is uh, this is an example of him uh, kind of passing the torch down was what the intention was. I think he lost at No Mercy. 2017 to Roman Reigns. He lost. Uh, he definitely lost at the last SummerSlam when they had Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Yeah. Um, eventually, John Cena will come back and wrestle, and he, he said he he'll come back and he'll wrestle not just the one match. It'll be a few matches, um, and it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But I got it right. So another yep. drink of beer. <sighs> Next one. Let me make myself clear. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you will get my exact opinion of Bret Hart. (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, This is Heel Stone Cold Steve Austin back in 1996. Um, Yeah, cutting promos. I mean, it's like the genesis of the Stone Cold Steve Austin character. He had just, he'd won the King of the Ring and people think, oh, he won King of the Ring. He cut the promo after saying about Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. And that's the bottom line, because Stokehold says so. He said all that in the promo after he won King of the Ring. And people think that he then his career just skyrocketed. But he actually didn't until like a few months later when he had this feud with uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Brett yeah. was away from WWE filming something, I believe, some kind of TV show. And so Austin was cutting promo after promo after promo about um, Brett the Hitman Hart. And that's where he said the infamous... If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you have my exact feelings about Bret Hart. And they proceeded to have a great match at uh, Survivor Series 1996. Was that the one where and... he broke Stone Cold's neck? Well... No, that's Owen. No, that's later. Oh. That's Owen Hart at uh, SummerSlam 97. That was his brother. Um, oh. But no, he had a great match with... He had a trilogy of great matches with Bret Hart. He had uh, that one, as I said, the Survivor Series 96 that Bret won. Then they had the WrestleMania match, the um, submission submission match with uh, Brett versus Austin and uh, the double turn with uh, Shamrock, a special guest referee, where Austin passes out in the sharpshooter. Brett refuses to let go of it. Shamrock eventually tackles him and Brett gets booed and Austin sons the ref and still leaves as kind of not like a, a, a good guy, but still just like the the more likable person. Yeah. And yeah, then they had a third match, uh, which I believe Austin won. And yeah, like... No one did more for Austin's early kind of career than than Bret Hart putting on those matches, and yeah, so shame about the match that you took that you just mentioned the uh, the neck break because yeah. that really shortened down Stone Cold's uh, career. Um, he did, however, he did, however, come back at last WrestleMania, which was very impressive. But yeah, we definitely lost that. We definitely I, missed out on a lot of uh, a lot of Austin years. At because least of that, so he can take a bump still. Yeah, well, yeah, he took a suplex on the floor. It's crazy. Yeah. I saw that and I was just, uh, just like, ah, no, <laughs> no, Austin, he's fragile. Because we got the feeling that Austin's fragile. We've been told, you know, he's next yeah. in pieces. He's 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 shot. But, but yeah, he he done that match and he's got he's he's gone on to do his own own thing as well. His own career and he, he's he own works 
he's got his own podcast, he's got his own little interview thing that he does, which is uh, great. Austin's got his own interview style, which he does very well. Um, and yeah, that as I said, like, another man that could cut a promo, and that was uh, that was an infamous slide. So another yeah. right answer, another beer. Oh, well, I'm getting there. I'm feeling it now. The main episode. <laughs> You've already listened to the main episode. You know how you know how cut I was. This is why. <laughs> right, next one. You love being in the wrestling ring and you love wrestling, right? Then why don't you quit? Why don't you quit and go to the bingo bingo halls with your indie friends? I'm, I'm surprised I'm getting all these. To be fair, um, they are jumping around a lot as well, which I quite like. Um, this is another man that could cut a promo and is very underrated, in my opinion, for that reason. Uh, the Miz. Yes. The Miz on Daniel Bryan. Yeah. This was when Bryan was retired and was the uh, general manager of SmackDown. And The Miz was doing some of his best work at this time. He had just been, he'd been Intercontinental ta- Champion a number of times. He had great matches with the likes of Seth Rollins and uh, Dolph Ziggler. And like, he put on some great wrestling clinics. And basically, Daniel Bryan had said that he didn't rate The Miz as a wrestler. And The Miz then went on to kind of like berate Brian, uh, Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan. Sorry, I'll use his WWE name in this context. Um, and the thing is, this happened. This didn't happen on like... It didn't Smackdown. happen on the show. It happened yeah, in like it didn't happen a on... podcast sort yeah. of it's, it's platform like a... sort of thing. Well, it's like um, it's like a post show kind yeah. of thing. I think it was called, it was a, there was a post show thing called Talking Smack, uh, that yeah. happened after SmackDown. It had Renee Young on it. It was absolutely fantastic, and Daniel Bryan, who, who was the general manager, and they basically carried storylines on, and they cut promos, and they um, basically just explained stuff, which was really good. And um, and yeah, the Miz was on there. Daniel Bryan just said about how he didn't respect the Miz as a wrestler. The Miz went off on Daniel Bryan, just basically saying, "If you love wrestling so much, then why are you still here? Why?" Like he's the day of Rose, I were I retired. He's just like, "So you could leave the WWE, go wrestle with like bingo holes if you if you love it so much." He's basically saying about Miz was saying about how his wrestling style means that he never gets injured. Like I'm always here. I'm always here wrestling because I don't get injured and you're the coward, Daniel Bryan. You're the coward. And it's great because like Daniel Bryan can't say anything back almost. Like he because like the Miz is right. So the only yeah. thing Daniel Bryan could do is walk off the set. And he walks off the set and the Miz is still going, still berating him. And it is probably and like I didn't see obviously I didn't see it live because this was sort of talking spec, but it was all over Twitter the next day. And The Miz is an incredible promo, incredibly underrated. He's got an amazingly hot wife as well, which is <laughs> something to really hate him for. Really, you've got to be really jealous of The Miz, I have to say. Because he is a good-looking man. He's very, obviously very talented. He can talk his ass off. He's making a hell of a lot of money. And he's a great heel. And they've tried to turn him in babyface a few times. They shouldn't. They should just keep him as a heel. And they should probably build him up more, is what I say. He's, he's been... He's been pigeonholed in this kind of like interview kind of talking position because he talks so well but he can wrestle well as well and he when should he really first, be when he first come to the wwe was he like the whipping boy at one point yes 100 percent. 2007 yeah. he came from um tough enough yeah he comes from tough Do you remember tough enough the reality yeah. show yeah and didn't didn't it, they make him lose to like eugene or something like that at one point yeah 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 like obviously he started he started in 2007 i want to say he was like the host of like the diva search yeah and um yeah, he was like put in that position, and then he was literally put in like a 
an under, underneath wrestling position where he was jobbing out to everyone. And then there's the infamous story that wrestling fans know of him being bullied backstage, being made to change because he um, done some bad wrestling etiquette. I don't know if the true story. The story is that he was eating chicken on the, in the dressing room somewhere and like the, it, the crumbs or stuff was getting on a wrestler's bag and uh, a wrestler who was respected in the industry at the time um, but kicked him out of the dressing room. It said, they say it's JBL, but it's not JBL. It's actually Chris Benoit, who obviously can't be mentioned in WWE for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he kicked him out. Miz was made to dress in the building wherever he could. Jobsy was crazy, but that's the way that the wrestlers handled their business back then. And he came from that. He rose up through the ranks. He's been there for over 10 He's been there 15 years now, yeah. And he's always, as I say, he's always been very talented on the mic. And that was that was evidence of it. They should really give him more to do. I think really he should be pushed better. He should be one of those in the main event position, like main event position, just talking and cutting promos and having great matches. Because he doesn't, yeah. he, he, he does have a, a style, which means he doesn't get injured. The only thing yeah. that he shouldn't do is dive on him because apparently, because he's got the reputation of, uh, not being able to catch people properly. <laughs> but I got, and again, another one right, another yep. sip of beer. Sip of beer for the working man, as Austin would say. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Also, Next one. Next one. If you guys can keep that up for two minutes, 15 seconds, you'd last longer than he did. Oh, I actually don't know this one. It's Stephanie McMahon about CM Punk. Huh. When so, I'm pretty sure CM Punk was in UFC and he lost his fight in under two minutes fifteen. Oh fuck! Fuck! That is that is that is yeah you're right yes and I remember that one started. now. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So they were obviously chanting for CM Punk during the Stephanie McMahon promo, and yeah, like she just basically turned around to the crowd and said, "If you could keep that up for two minutes fifteen seconds, then you would last longer than CM Punk did." Classic, great, great heel work by Stephanie McMahon. Great way to turn it around. I mean, you know, CM Punk's UFC career was what it was. You know, he did it mainly to kind of like say that he'd done it. it was, I don't know if anyone uh, expected him to be successful at it. I'm sure there was hopes that he'd be successful at it, but yeah, he obviously didn't uh, didn't last long in either either fight that he had. Um, and yeah, like at the time, obviously there was a lot large anti. Uh, Anyone that has anti WWE kind of like feelings would chance CM Punk in an arena. I don't know if they were in Chicago at the time, but um, yeah, that's great work by Stephanie. I can't say anything more other than that. I got it wrong, so another sip of beer. Cool. Uh, Stephanie does some great heel work. Can't uh, she can't can think on her feet as well? Oh yeah, well I'm. I'm, I'm sure guessing that, that wasn't was a... scripted because why would they get the audience to do that? Well, I'm sure they would anticipate a CM Punk chant, especially if they're in Chicago. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure like if she was going to be kind of promo, she would anticipate there'd be a CM Punk chant. And if there was, she'd have something to respond with, and she has a very good, <laughs> a very good comeback. Can't can't say anything more than that. Yeah. Right. Next one. Yep. You know what? Vince is probably going to find me find me for this, but the only reason he came back in the first place was to promote Fast Five and launch his Twitter account. Just like I don't need words for my promo on my wrist. Nice tattoo. 
Huh. He's talking they're about two, they're two different ones, but they're the same people. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I know now. I know now. Um, this is the writing on the wrist thing. There's, yeah. there's what, what gave it away. Past five, so it was about The Rock. Yeah. Um, so it's Cena. It's during yeah. the Cena Rock feud. Um, okay, yeah, so that's Cena talking about The Rock um, during their build up to WrestleMania 28, I'm going to say. And um, yeah, during that promote the weeks leading up to that match they had rock cut um the rock uh cutting promos and the rock's obviously a natural cutting promos but um yeah for whatever reason i don't know if it was because i don't know if it was like i think that they had to have some thing for cena to come back at the rock with so they had the rock uh write his promo on his wrist and glance it a few times while he'd done it so that cena would have something to say Back to yeah. him. I don't believe that The Rock needed it. I think that was just something that it did for the story. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was a nice moment because it was nice for Cena to have that against him because what the fans wanted to see was Cena actually come out and cut a promo like he would have done when he was the Doctor of Fugonomics, which would have been like to cut a rap, do a rap or something yeah. about it. Um, but he couldn't. I think he did do that. I think they. I think they did do that in the weeks leading up because they had the Rock do a rock concert like he did when he was a heel, but as a baby face, which didn't work as well because the reason why the rock concerts were so good is because he was a heel. So he yeah. was like cussing like all, all the all the crowds, saying shit about them. Like it was fantastic. The one he did in Sacramento was great, where he's talking about the Kings about how they lose to the Lakers and the crowd will boo him. He goes, oh, you like that, huh? Well, I'll see you again. I'll <laughs> <laughs> well, come back when the Lakers beat the Kings in May. Uh, but yeah, they, they had, I think they had Vicky Guerrero, who was a heel at the time, come out. And so the Rock had someone to sing a song about, but it didn't work as well. And Cena's kind of rap wasn't really as memorable either. But that was a nice little bit. I mean, the first match was better than the second match because the first match was billed as once in a lifetime. Yeah. I got it right. So, yeah, drink. Took a beer for the worker, man. <sighs> well, Next one. Yes. It's a, it's a bit ironic we're drinking it now. All right, cool. Don't you think? <laughs> Why don't you act like this is an AA meeting and shut your mouth while I'm sharing with the group? Is it Sarah the group? Huh. It's an AA meeting. No, I don't know, actually. Samoa Joe to Jeff Hardy. Oh, right. So it's a more recent one, then. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, not only is that ironic because we're drinking, but it's also quite uh, quite timely because Jeff Hardy's yeah. having his own problems at the yeah. moment. Yeah. Um, I kind of feel bad that Samoa Joe didn't do more in WWE. He had a great theme. He is a great talker. He can cut a promo. He's believable as well. When he wrestled Brock Lesnar in WWE, that was a match that people wanted to see and wanted to see like Joe be an equal to Brock Lesnar and be pushed as that kind of equal. But yeah, it didn't happen. Unfortunately, he lost to uh, Brock Lesnar after an, after the one F five. Which you know, it was a great, it was a throwaway pay per view as well called Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, 
<laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't remember much about the. I think it the was like Joe a Hardy feud. I think it was like it was supposed to be like a fight on Firefly or something like that. Okay. I'm not 100 uh, percent sure, but I think that's what it was. And Samoa Joe come out and said that to him. I can't I can't say that I remember any Samoa Joe Jeff Hardy kind of program or feud or anything like that. But I can say that Samojo is a fantastic promo. I can say that he uh, is believable and a great wrestler. And he's still about today, thankfully. He's had a lot of trouble with injuries. He was fantastic yeah. as a commentator in WWE. It's a shame that they didn't... Uh, but, well, either that he didn't see himself being a commentator or whatever. Maybe he'll come back and do commentary in, in the future, which would be nice to see. But, um, but yeah, um, Jeff Hardy has got his own problems. Everyone likes to rag on Jeff Hardy. If you want to get heat, then say some shit about Jeff Hardy's uh, demons, whether it be with alcohol or drugs or the law or whatever. But um, yeah, I got it wrong, so I have to swig a bit. <laughs> and the last one. Good. You kind of <laughs> teased it earlier. Okay. The only reason you are WWE champion for over a year is because Triple H didn't want to work Tuesdays. I thought that this would be there. I was. I was gonna mention it, but I thought, nah, it might be there. Um, yeah, this is ECW One Night Stand 2005. Paul Heyman, um, Paul Heyman comes out and does a shoot promo. I have to say, one of the best pro- uh, pay-per-views that WWE ever put on as a one-off kind of thing was ECW One Night Stand, the first one. Um, they had a nice kind of matches throughout, where which uh, made sense: uh, Guerrero versus Benoit, Storm versus Jericho, fucking. Um, Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome have an unbelievable match in there that you have to check out. But they have a storyline going through it as well, where uh, WWE invaders uh, have come into the ECW arena, which is Bischoff, Kurt Angle, JBL, Edge. Like a load of them have all come into ECW arena, and they're basically there just to like, talk shit, really. And yeah. uh, Paul Heyman comes out. Uh, gets a bit emotional, says, I'm not crying, I was just out back smoking a joint with uh, Van Damme. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great line. He thanks the crowd for everything they've done for ECW, and he he basically says, and I was going to leave it there, but I've got something to say to you, and he points at the uh, the ECW uh, WWE Invaders. And yeah, he goes, uh, talks about, he says some shoot comments, says to Edge, um, yeah, yeah. He I says to Edge that, one, Yeah, he says to Edge because uh, at the time um, the Edge Lita Matt Hardy thing had happened, where Matt and Lita were in a relationship, and then Lita was on the road with Edge, and one thing led to another. While Ed, Matt Hardy was injured, and they had a a fling or a relationship or whatever it was, and yeah, Matt Hardy was gone from the company. He was persona non grata, and Paul Heyman just goes, "I have two words for you." And he goes, Matt freaking Hardy. Which <laughs> kind of undercuts what he says because then he goes to Edge and spits like he turns around to everyone going, that's free, isn't it? That's free words. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then he says to JBL, uh, who was uh, WWE champion, not at the time, but he had just gone off of a, of a long reign as WWE champion. And uh, he goes, seeing as you like to shoot, cowboy, uh, the only reason that you were a WWE champion for so long is because Triple H didn't want to work on Tuesdays which is basically the reference that uh, 
JB, that Raw and SmackDown were separate shows, and Triple H wanted to be the main champion on the main show, and so JBL was the main champion on the B show, and yeah, so it was it, it was nice. It was nice to shoot comments, and uh, JBL kind of uh, sells it like to, like in a comical way. He's getting pissed out of his ass just like I am right now <laughs> during that whole show. There's a uh, I've got I had the ECW One Night Stand DVD, and on it. There's co- there's alternative commentary from JBL who was mic'd up during the show, and it is insane <laughs> what he's saying about people while they are with on the show, man. It is insane. He's saying so many like crazy shit that you could not say. Like I think some of the shit comes out. I think like what was it? Um, I think it was it was watching a match between. I think it's the triple threat between Tajiri, Super Crazy, and Nunzio or Lil Guido as he's known back there. And uh, oh, it might have been, Tan- it might have been Tanaka versus uh, Awesome round off. I think it was Tanaka versus Awesome. And basically, he just keeps referring to Tanaka as his gardener. <laughs> he's just like, look at my gardener. Look how well he's resting now. Look how he swings that chair. He's just like absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was XW One I Stand. I highly recommend it for anyone who hasn't seen it. And let's look a beer. What a working man. All right. Yes. Think it's about well, thank that you, time. YouTube. Yeah, thank you, YouTube. Um, we are the Wait Podcast. You can check us out on the Twitter at Wait Pod Trio. Um, we're about to record a, a main episode now where we're going to do more drinking and do more talking shit. So, uh, yeah, that that came out first. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want, if you're if you're here to know the but what like the before the the before the aftermath the before math. <laughs> yeah, the performer. Yeah, if you want to see the performer off of how we got that bad, then that this is it. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do more drinking on the main episode. And uh, thanks for watching us on the on YouTube. I'll leave it up to uh, Mitchell to do his bit. Well, you said all my bit, so all I have to say is thank you, like and subscribe. Fuck and you, back. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, fuck you, back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, peace. Yeah, let's <laughs> Peace.